Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the breakfast show on Mind Your Business this morning. We're joined in the studio by Bastian Van Bestevel. He is the managing director and head of occupier services for Singapore at Collis International. Welcome to the show, Bastian. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're going to be talking about commercial real estate markets, the trends, and the outlook for the second half of the year. And he's also going to be sharing more about the just released report on office vacancy and supply here. All right, Bastian, let's take a look at some findings from your latest report. The vacancy rates of the core CBD rose 3% in Q2 2023 compared to the previous quarter. So what are the reasons behind the continued increase? Do you see this as an ongoing trend in the second half of this year? Um, good question. And the overall vacancy rate rose to 3%. Now, just to put it in a regional or global perspective, that is actually very low. So last quarter was 2.9%. Now it's 3%. Um, we have two types of vacancy, basically, how we call it, frictional vacancy and structural vacancy. Here in Singapore, this is predominantly frictional vacancy. Tenants move around, tenants upgrade, tenants go to other buildings. So you always have a little bit of a, a, a period there where my, mm-hmm. some space might be empty because it doesn't exactly uh, match each other. For the second half of the year, we do have one major asset that will be completed in the core CBD right next to Lao Passat. Mm. That building currently is around 40 to 45% pre-let. So probably you will see the vacancy levels go up a little bit because, again, you have some frictional vacancy. This building is being completed, but the space is not exactly at the same time taken up by new tenants. Yeah, I'm trying to put it together. There is, like you pointed out, vacancy rates going up by 3%. At the same time, we are also seeing rental growth. And if you look at the core CBD premium and grade A office, consistent rental growth for nine straight quarters and it reached $11.53 PSF in Q2 2023. So there is, on one hand, vacancies going up, but at the same time, prices can continue to go up. How does this um, happen? Yeah, so there's a number of factors that uh, cause that. And again, the vacancy level is still very low, but there is less new supply. So on average, over the next four to five years, we will see less new supply coming to the market than the annual average over the last 10 years. There's less existing supply. So under the current URA master plan, there's a rejuvenation scheme for Tanjung Bagar. So mm-hmm. probably you have seen buildings like Exa Tower, 78 Shentway, the old Capital Tower, GE building that are being redeveloped. Mm. So some of the tenants that were located there had to move out and find new office space. And then also we still have a very healthy demand level. So the Singapore government is very good in attracting new types of industries, uh, very proactive, attracting new types of tenants who might want to open up or expand their base here in Singapore. So these three factors combined have caused that continued increase in rental numbers. Do you see that as an anomaly as opposed to other cities in the region? If you put it on the global scale, absolutely. Also because the work from home or work from anywhere trend here in Singapore is a little bit different than maybe in larger jurisdictions or countries like the US or Canada or the UK where people generally tend to live further away and have longer travel times to the office or close to home, for example, cities like or countries like India, we have different cities and it's quite common to travel for two hours to work. Mm. Whereas over here, it's generally less. So people are more in the office here, I would say, on average, compared to maybe some other cities. So overall, that is, of course, also causing more office demand and mm. better usage of that office space. Yeah, I'm curious about it because 
because in the past few years, you've seen a bit of a shift in terms of priorities and the way people work and also to some extent layoffs in some sectors as well. So there's been some re-examination of what demand is for office space, how much we actually need. Mm. Are we moving towards more hot desking? Mm. So we've been hearing about some companies cutting back. So is that playing out in Singapore to the extent that we've seen elsewhere? No, I mean, yes, in terms of different usage of the office, but that does not automatically always result in less square footage or more square footage. It could be that previously a certain area was used predominantly for individual desks, and now there is more space for informal meeting Mm. points. So when people do come to the office, they might want to have more interaction because some of the other work they do from home, which is more individual-based. Now, overall, yes, when people do reassess or companies do reassess the way they use their office, it could result in a different kind of footprint that they need moving forward. However, the economy is still growing, this region is still growing, so we also still see growth of certain industries and companies. Picking up on that, this also means there are increasing options for tenants and the tightening budgets and requirements. So how can landlords differentiate themselves and attract more tenants? Uh, very good question. So what we do see is that occupiers, they focus on more than just the rent alone. So probably everywhere you see things like ESG which is a very big topic at the moment. Mm. So tenants don't only look at, okay, what is the exact rental figure, but also does this building allow me to get to my net zero targets by 2030 or 2035? What does the landlord do to work together with me? Mm -hmm. So these are some of the points that landlords should focus on, but also maybe some more flexibility. So rather than expecting a tenant to be locked in for an exact amount of space for five years, for example, why don't we include a little bit more flexibility? And that can go both ways. If the tenants needs more space, that there is an opportunity, but also if they maybe want during that five-year term give back a little bit of space, then that is also possible. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, there's a landlord rather have, for example, a tenant occupying 80% and fill up the 20% or the tenant has to move out because there's less flexibility. So really more see that kind of relationship as a partnership and more dialogue between what requirements are from both sides. Because a lot of times what we see with these ESG requirements, it's not just one side. There needs to be dialogue between each other, sharing of information to get a better result of the building and better kind of uh, credentials. All right. Well, in conversation with Bastian Van Bistervelt, he is the Managing Director and Head of Occupy Services for Singapore at Cordes International. Now, Bastian, I want to get your help to put us in the shoes of a landlord and then someone who's renting. So at this point, at this stage, should the landlord be trying to, as you mentioned, lock in tenants at this price at shorter agreements? And on the flip side, should tenants be now trying to lock in prices right now before they get even higher? What's the playbook right for these two sets of people? That's a good question. And our forecast is over the next four to five years, rents will continue to increase in the core CBD. Because mm. generally, a development cycle or a development length of a new asset is easily five years. So we can quite well forecast what will be happening over the next four to five years. Taking into account that less new supply, less existing supply, a continuous healthy level of demand, we do forecast that rents continue to go up. Although, for example, this year may be at a slightly less faster pace than last year. So mm. from that perspective... Yes, look at your office occupancy, look at also these ESG credentials. What do you want to achieve in the long term? So not only look at what is a building today, but also what can a building deliver or provide for me in the next three to five years. 
No, um, we understand that office transactions have been dominated by strata offices, right? Notably, Solitaire and Cecil has reportedly sold out at record prices. So this also means strong demand for high-quality freehold strata offices in the CBD from family offices and high-net individuals. With that in mind, what do you see as the future you know, in terms of uh, the development landscape for office spaces in Singapore? That's a very good question. And we do have, since March 2022, a restriction on strata subdivision that was implemented by the government. So that's probably also one of the reasons why this building did so well in terms of their sales and the fast kind of pace that they sold it all. Um, so what we probably will see is that there will be a healthy demand for some of the other strata subdivided assets in these core areas where no further strata subdivision is allowed. So any building that had this strata subdivision before March 2022, they were still allowed to have it. But afterwards, certain buildings or certain areas, it's not necessarily allowed anymore. So more demand for these kind of buildings that already have it because of the sort of like uh, size of the the investment opportunity Mm. compared to, for example, an entire asset whereby the prices are generally maybe a little bit too high for some of these type of investors. Mm. Yeah, you're reading very closely the pulse of the market. So where is the growth coming from and who is cutting back? What subsectors are you seeing you know, trying to grow and expand right now? Mm. I imagine tech is not at the top of this right now. Uh, very mixed. So even within the tech sector, we still have clients both from Asia, for example, but also from the U.S. side, who have a focus on Southeast Asia, who are expanding. But generally, yes, there is probably a little bit more space being handed back or being on the what we call shadow market or shadow space. So some tech companies that are trying to offload some of their office space. But we see other areas and other industries growing quite rapidly. So, uh, for example, uh, law firms, they're all, all a lot of them are reassessing how they use the space and how they're Translate some uh, financial services, like you mentioned, a lot of growth in the family offices That's or right. these kind of related services, uh, but then also general kind of management. So it's interesting to see because the office landscape of Singapore is so mixed nowadays with different kind of industries that maybe one industry is pulling back a little bit, but another industry is growing again, which sort of evens it out in the short to medium term. So on that note, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the current commercial real estate market? 10 uh, long, being strong and robust. Medium to long term, Singapore in an international kind of context, definitely a high 9 or something like that. It's very healthy. Uh, it's continuing to be very good. Rents are keeping up. Vacancy levels are low. It's predominantly frictional vacancy. So very good. All right, we've been speaking with Bastian van Bestevel. He is the Managing Director and Head of Occupy Services for Singapore at Collis International, helping us to break down what to expect in the commercial real estate market in Singapore. Thanks for your time today, Bastian. Thank you, Thank you very, very much. much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.